Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Welcome into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan on this Friday morning edition of the podcast. Christmas a couple of days away, and the crew is going to be heading out to their Christmas destinations or, or, or staying in town. I know I'm headed out, of, headed out of town. Wes is staying in town. I'm not quite sure what Patrick and Ryan are doing, but I do have some newsworthy items to discuss uh, before we do enjoy at least 24 hours of a day off on, on Christmas Day on, on Monday, and and then Patrick and I will be off to the bowl game in Orlando for for coverage, and then obviously Ryan and Wes will be chipping in as well as they always do, as we always do. It's all hands on deck during football season. Uh, but in terms of looking ahead to next season, Mr. Callahan, Tennessee did pick up a very important transfer addition late Thursday night. They did. Uh, four-star transfer wide receiver Chris Brazel from Tulane. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman this season, committed to Tennessee. It was, it was uh, I guess, Thursday evening or so, right before uh, Tennessee's basketball game, that news kind of broke. And it's something we'd been watching for for a couple days. You know, there was some talk even earlier this week that he might be closing in on a decision, and, and Tennessee had looked to be in, in pretty good shape there. So certainly no surprise by the time he got around to announcing that. But it's still one of those that, Everyone involved, I think, was eager to get that one across the finish line. He, he was a sought-after player in the transfer portal. Uh, mentioned last, uh, I guess on Sunday, he tweeted out a graphic that showed he had been contacted by 38 schools since entering the transfer portal. So clearly a ton of interest in him. And rightfully so, he put up more than 700 yards at, at Tulane as a redshirt freshman, made some really nice plays. You, you've probably seen some some highlights of him bouncing around on social media where you can see him making a like a one-handed catch and, and these really nice downfield plays. So it looks like a guy who's going to be a great fit for Tennessee's system. Six foot four, 195 pounds. So he's really that outside receiver Tennessee's been looking for. 
to obviously to potentially replace Ramel Keaton, the only guy leaving Tennessee's receiving core from this season. And, and, and obviously he'll, you know, he'll face some competition from Dante Thornton, you know, potentially from Mike Matthews or someone like that as a, as a true freshman. But I would say a pretty clear path to a starting job as long as he is what they think he is. You know, of course, there was so much hype around Dante Thornton last year, and he didn't end up making quite the impact that we thought he would. So you never say never with those things. But certainly this guy looks like uh, he's going to be a, a day one starter for Tennessee in all likelihood, especially with Brew McCoy being still a, an uncertain situation. I, I still think he likely returns. But in the meantime, this takes care of potentially one of those starting positions that Tennessee has still up for grabs at wide receiver. And I think gives them a little upgrade too. I, I think, I think Brazel's a really nice player that you could, you could really see thriving in Tennessee's offense. And again, we've got him rated as a four-star transfer number, currently the number 11 transfer wide receiver for the 2024 cycle. So one of the top receivers out there, um, that's a position where you see a lot of guys on the move and some highly, you know, fairly highly rated prospects coming out of high school on the move. So, um, Brazel was one of those guys who was a little more under the radar coming out of high school, but has really thrived at Tulane and, and, and driven, uh, driven some other teams to, to really be interested in, in, in getting him the second time around originally from Midland, Texas. So, um, he had some other options closer to home, including following his old staff to, to Houston. That's where he went on his first official visit. Willie Fritz and his staff ended up there. There was some early, early thought that he might just follow that staff to Houston, but obviously the level of programs that he was choosing between. Uh, just ended up, you know, I think forcing him to to look elsewhere because he had some really good power five options uh, and ended up really choosing between Tennessee and Colorado in the end. Also took official visits to Washington, Utah, and the, as I mentioned, Houston. So really nice addition here for Tennessee. Addresses a major need, obviously, and, you know, really their, their fourth transfer addition for the class and with a tight end, a safety, a corner, and a wide receiver already on board. You know, here before Christmas, they've already really addressed all of their most pressing needs, I would say, in the transfer portal. Still some more work to do for sure, but they've, they've done a good job of going out and really attacking their needs. And they already have three four-star commitments, according to 24-7 Sports, in the transfer portal. So they're not just getting needs addressed. They're getting good players to, to fill these needs that they really had on both sides of the ball. You spoke to Chris Brazel uh, about his decision, and I'm sure as you laid out the what appears to be a pretty clear path to, to playing time. I'm, I'm sure that played a, a large role in it, but there were several, several schools that reached out to him, as as you also pointed out. Uh, aside from playing time, what, what do you feel pushed Tennessee over the top for his services? Yeah, that, that's the tricky part with uh, players in the transfer portal. They hear <laughs> and talking with Chris Brazel on Thursday night, he, he basically said this, you know, you hear a lot of the same stuff from different schools. So it, it ends up being an issue of, and I say all the time, transfer portal recruiting is is basically speed dating, right? You're trying to figure out in a very short period of time uh, if a school is a match for you, if you can see yourself there. And that even comes to deciding which schools you want to visit. Uh, as he pointed out, Kelsey Pope, Tennessee's wide receivers coach, traveled down to Midland, Texas at some point during his first week or so in the portal um, to, to to visit with him. And and not a lot of coaches got to do that. And, and he was one of them and, and put in a lot of effort. And he also said Kelsey Pope uh, just came across as passionate in, in his pitch to, to, to Brazel and also seemed to have a different message. As he, as he explained it, some schools that were contacting him were, were just telling him um, why they wanted him at their schools. Pope, when he approached Brazel, was explained to him 
what Tennessee had to offer to him and, and, and kind of how Tennessee could make him better and, and allow him to reach his goals. So he really liked that he had sort of a different, you know, more direct approach about what Tennessee could do for him uh, instead of what they could, what he could do for those other programs. And, and that appealed to him and they kind of clicked from the start. Um, so a lot of things I think helped Tennessee in this one, but the big factors in the end that he mentioned the most were really Tennessee's offense. I think he really feels he can thrive in it. And th- this is something that kind of gets used against Tennessee sometimes. So, you know, the, the perceived, I guess, simplicity of Tennessee's offense, which is something that's, you know, Tennessee tries to fight that narrative a lot, but it's out there, obviously. Um, he really likes sort of that element of Tennessee's offense. He says he likes that it's kind of like playing backyard football in the sense that a lot of option routes at wide receiver give you the freedom to adjust to the coverage you're facing. So he loves that, you know, when a receiver's, instead of having a locked-in route, if you see that a, a, a defensive back is playing a certain way, you can adjust your route or, or you know, run a post instead of a go, whatever it might be on that particular play, and and get open and, and react to what's in front of you in that way. So he he really likes that element. He also mentioned that playing in the SEC on a big stage is obviously appealing to him, and you often see that with guys who are leaving schools you know, like Tulane, which obviously that's been a good program the last couple of years, but not the not the same eyeballs and attention that you you would get in the SEC. So I think he's looking to make more of a name for himself. And much like Brew McCoy a couple of years ago, so you can't really um, count on this, but just, just to let people know, this is a guy who has his sights set on being a one-and-done player at Tennessee. He absolutely wants to get to the NFL as quickly as possible, thinks he's that kind of player, made no bones about that when I spoke with him. So. He was looking for a place that could, where he could put up big numbers, have some success, and, and and give himself the best chance of being able to go pro after one year. But he also said if he's going to be there for two years, he really liked that Tennessee had a had an established, at least really talented quarterback that was going to be there with him both years in Nico Iamaliava. That was a big plus for him. He said a lot of schools he was looking at had quarterbacks who were just going to be there one more year or had new quarterbacks out of the transfer portal. Um, you know, Shadur Sanders, obviously at Colorado, expected to leave after next season. So that was that was one thing he was looking at. Who's going to have a quarterback that I can play with that I know is good for the next two years in case I need to be there two years. So that was a big plus to him as well. So a lot of things that just worked in Tennessee's favor made this a natural fit for Chris Brazel. And, uh, you know, not not super close to home compared to Tulane, you know, just next door in Louisiana. I think that was a, a comfortable fit for him out of high school, but he was obviously willing to go wherever he needed to. Uh, with the visits he took to you know, Washington, Utah, Colorado, and uh, and it felt comfortable in Tennessee in a less than 24-hour official visit. I mean, he 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 ran through five official visits in a span of about a week. Tennessee got a very short time on campus. You sometimes wonder how, you know, what kind of connection you can build during a visit like that. But he made it clear he was really impressed by Tennessee during that visit, and the Vols were really connected with him from the start with everything he heard on the visit. And Patrick, this is obviously a very important addition because Tennessee needed to add talent to the receiver room. And especially through the portal, you did a good job of of adding talent through the high school ranks and, and Mike Matthews, Braylon Staley. Uh, but you also needed to add somebody, in my opinion, with college football experience under their belt. He he certainly fits that mold. But just aside, even more important, in my opinion, than simply adding a talented body to the room, I think they needed this type of receiver within the receiver room they, they've they lacked a, a a bigger taller guy who can go up and 
and make plays uh, a Justin Hunter type. Not saying that he's going to be Justin Hunter in, in the first pick of the second round. He might be, um, but they, they needed that type of receiver, somebody that can can really go up and catch the football. Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. I think they needed somebody on the outside that can, you know, go make a play. You know, I, I think this this move is is sort of an indication on a couple of fronts of, of, of the staff learning. Okay, here's what we saw happen this season. Here's what didn't go right, so let's address that. Uh, I think they needed to improve the numbers at receiver. Uh, certainly they are with with the two guys coming in, with Mike Matthews and, and Braylon Staley. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you needed you needed a guy that could, that had some experience, and, and Brazel has done that. He's played um, <clears throat> big games. He's played against Ole Miss. He's played against, uh, in, in, you know, for a conference title. Um, and so – you know, that they needed to add a number and they needed to add experience and they needed to add somebody on the outside. You know, Squirrel White's done a pretty good job in the slot that I think Chaz Nimrod's probably a better fit there uh, than outside. And now this move, I think you can probably keep him inside and slot, you know, more full time. We'll see what happens with Brew McCoy. But uh, I, I think this season you saw that you need guys that can go out and make a play for you. And Tennessee just didn't have it consistently this season. Browse is a guy that at Tulane this season went out and made a bunch of plays. So you're hoping that he can translate that to the SEC. And um, I also think, you know, you saw what happened late in the year when um, <clears throat> without Brew, without Dante Thornton, their numbers just weren't very, you know, they didn't have a lot of numbers. And so, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, um, you know, kind of, you know, what, what do they do about the rotation? They get kind of criticized sometimes for only playing three guys. If you've got more guys that can, that you trust to go and make plays, you're going to play more of those guys. So you're going to find ways to get those guys on the field. So, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that can come in and, and step in and, and compete for a starting spot. I would think he could take over that starting spot that, that Ramel Keaton is going to vacate. And, um, you know, you need guys that that if somebody goes down, that can step up. Um, and I think Brazel is the guy that's going to improve uh, both the quantity of, of the receiver room and also the quality as well. Well, and Patrick, when you look at the recruiting, the transfer class as a whole, only four commitments – but you look at 24-7 sports and our team transfer class rankings, uh, Tennessee has the third highest average of quality player that they are bringing in. Only Texas and Missouri, ironically enough, is ahead of Tennessee in terms of the average ranking that we have on the transfers within the transfer class. Uh, and it is a, a small sample size, four commits to to Ole Miss's 10 commits. And uh, you are splitting hairs a, a little bit when uh, separating Tennessee's class from Oregon's or, or Ole Miss's class. Uh, Tennessee's average ranking in its portal class is a 90.75. Uh, Oregon's is a 90.4, Ole Miss 90.3. So splitting hairs a little bit. Uh, but I, I do think, as Ryan pointed out, Patrick, Tennessee is doing a a great job through the portal in terms of of being bringing in great quality rather than just a, a ton of quantity. And not to say that Ole Miss is only bringing in quantity. I th I think they're bringing in quality football players as well. But Ole Miss is generating a, a lot of hype, and I get it. And I'm I'm more so speaking from Tennessee fans at this point in terms of of. There's been some fans that made comments about Ole Miss doing this, Ole Miss doing that. Tennessee hasn't brought in the amount of players that Ole Miss has, but by our rankings at 24-7 sports, technically, on average, the players that Tennessee is bringing in so far better than the players that Ole Miss is bringing in. 
Well, it's two different approaches too, Ben. I think that's what gets what gets lost. I mean, I think that you know this isn't the first year. It's not like Lane and Ole Miss just started attacking the portal this year. Um, you know, I think fans see that they see what Florida State's done. You know, Florida State's added a lot of difference makers from the portal as well, kind of built that way and had success. And um, you know, they see that. And 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 the portal is such a uh, I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but everybody kind of thinks that everybody automatically that's in the portal is an upgrade on what you have. And that's not always the case. And, and I think what you're seeing at Tennessee is, is they're picking spots where they need to upgrade, where they need, um, you know, more guys to come in. I think it was obvious they needed a tight end. So they go out and get the number one guy in the portal, a guy that took visits to what Georgia, Washington, Oklahoma, he had one lined up there. Um, you get a guy in Jermaud McCoy at cornerback who's, uh, where did he visit Ryan, Oklahoma, or, or no, he was going to visit Oklahoma and Oregon. Texas A&M was the other team that he, that he kind of looked at. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Tennessee's just not going to be a, uh, they're not going to be a Colorado or, or an Ole Miss. that's going to bring in a ton of transfers. They're going to pick their spots. We saw it with this last class, the, the transfers they brought in last year, they're going to get guys that are going to come in and be plug and play guys. Um, and I think in this class, it's a little bit different because they're getting guys with multiple years of eligibility left, which I think is uh, another benefit, uh, an, another good way for, for them to approach it. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, the, the portal rankings are going to be, you know, the more you, they're like the recruiting rankings, the, the bigger class you have, the higher ranked you're going to be. And Tennessee's just not going to bring in 15 transfers. They don't need to. They've recruited um, to pretty good sized classes. Obviously, that 2022 class is taking some hits over the last couple of years. But, you know, they brought a, a, a big class of guys in last year. I think over 25 players. I think Jack Luttrell is the only one from that 2023 class that's uh, that that's left or or is leaving. So, um, you know, they don't need to bring in 12 to 15 guys. I think they're probably going to be more in the five to 10 range. Um, I think it was eight last year, if I'm remembering correctly. And and that's just how they're going to do it. They're going to hit the high school ranks hard. You know, we talked about on the signing day podcast what improvements need to be done there. Um, but they're just going to use the portal to kind of fill gaps and and address needs. And, and they've done that to a really good to, to a really good point this so far. I really like Brazel. Um, I think he's an exciting player that's going to be a good fit in this offense. And uh, reading Ryan's, you know, Ryan talked to him and reading his comments, he sounds like a very confident guy. Uh, and that's what you want at wide receiver, and, and that's what Tennessee's going to get. So um, this is a really good pickup. And, and again, three of their four guys are four-star guys for 24-7 sports. And so if you're going to hit the portal and um, if you're going to bring in a smaller number of guys and you need to make sure that those guys are hits and they're getting guys that were highly coveted by a lot of teams, and that's always a good time. It's been a nice week for Tennessee on the recruiting trail. Uh, picked up Holden Stays and, and Jacoby Thomas uh, this past weekend, last weekend, and then this week they have now added uh, two very uh, important pieces in Jermon McCoy, the corner from Oregon State, and then now Chris Brazel, the receiver from Tulane. Very, very, very nice week for, for Tennessee uh, in the transfer portal and, and a nice little boost, I, I think, after maybe some fans were disappointed uh, with some developments uh, on the first day of the early signing period or, or the day leading up to the early signing period. So a good day for Tennessee, or a good week, I should say, for Tennessee in the transfer portal, and uh, they are far from being done as well. Josh Heupel made the point earlier this week that three of their key contributors this season, guys like Keenan Peely, although he didn't technically play, uh, but but you picked up McCollin Castles, and, and there's another player that that you picked up post spring practice last year, and 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 Tennessee, it's it's not going to be done just yet. Uh, there, there's still plenty of time to add, and, and Tennessee will certainly do so. 
Oh, and Ben, just to, to your point, uh, a lot of questions lately, especially with Tennessee, not necessarily going all in on, on a lot of the top players in the transfer portal. You know, they, they, I mentioned on the message board, they, they reached out to Walter Nolan. They, they, they did have interest at least in seeing where that one might be. And, and, there just wasn't much interest on his end, it sounds like. And I'm not I'm still not sure Tennessee would have gone down that road even if he had been interested, but they reached out to just assess the situation and it went nowhere. So because Tennessee hasn't been involved with guys like that, I think there's been this perception that Tennessee wasn't being aggressive enough in the transfer portal. And and especially a lot of questions about are they willing to spend money in the transfer portal? I think the fact they've gotten the guys they've gotten so far shows you that's a false narrative. Tennessee has been aggressive in the transfer portal. They've gone after these guys pretty early and made them priorities they're just looking for fit you know they really are interested in culture uh fitting getting guys who are going to fit what they've already built as they've done in previous years in the transfer portal for better or worse that's been their approach and that doesn't mean they're not looking for talent they clearly are you know chris brazel is a talent jermod mccoy is a guy that played a lot of football in the pac-12 and is talented they're getting some good players they're just not getting the big names and sometimes that's okay in the transfer portal sometimes the more established more household names in the in the portal are not always the the best the, the best gets you know some of these some of these guys that come like like Jared Verse a couple of years ago that come from these smaller schools uh, or that or they're lesser known in the portal end up being the better finds anyway so just wanted to mention that that you know anybody thinking Tennessee's not not spending money in the portal not being aggressive enough in the portal that you know I think the fact they've gotten three four star transfers and basically their top targets at all three of those positions so far shows you that's, that's really a false narrative. They're, they're being pretty aggressive and making sure they get guys that they, that they really want. Tennessee did lose a starter to the transfer portal on Friday morning. Officially, it was something that had been circulating behind the scenes and expected for quite some time, but I'm sure there are some fans out there that are surprised and, and curious as to why that decision was made. And we will discuss that decision on the other side of this quick break ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan and Patrick Brown on this edition of the podcast. We greatly appreciate you all listening to us on this Christmas weekend and certainly hope everybody has a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, before we continue our conversation here on the podcast, we would like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the pod wherever you do get your pod. That would greatly help us out. Uh, Patrick, Tennessee did lose... Wesley Walker to the transfer portal officially on Friday morning. Uh, I, I I think it's fair to, to say that it's somewhat perplexing. I, I think Wesley Walker w- would have been a, a nice re- returnee for Tennessee had he decided to, to come back uh, next season. Uh, but he's also somebody that also maybe fits the mold of a, a Tamarion McDonald or a Danico Slaughter. Solid SEC football players but also maybe a, a chance at, at improving that position, even though uh, th- they are solid SEC football players. Yeah, he, he was a guy that, um, you know, for me, just over the the past few weeks since the season, it was kind of hard to get a real read on what what how that was going to play out. There was some talk that he might come back or was leaning towards coming back at one point. You heard the stuff about, um, you know, where was he? I guess academically, you know, and, and and all those things, because if he was going to transfer, um, he would have to be a graduate transfer to be eligible next season immediately, um, given that he already made the move from Georgia Tech to Tennessee in 2022. Um, and and so I, I think he's a guy that, you know, these transfers come in and they don't they don't expect to to be at a, at their second stop for uh some cases more than one year. And certainly some guys are thinking they're not planning on being here a third year. So uh, I'm sure if, if Walker had his, his druthers, he'd be going and get ready for the NFL draft. Now, now he has the late season knee injury. And so it, for me and, and, you know, for others, it may not have been that case. Ryan may disagree and Macal hand me here in a second, but um, it was just hard to get a read on what his plans were and where he was leaning, but it's just, you know, it's just the, the ongoing makeover of, of the secondary since he's going to have two new starting safeties now. Um, obviously we've seen Andre Tarantine start the last two games of the season. He's going to start the bowl game as well. Walker was not going to be back as far as I know, in terms of the bowl game, um, from his knee injury. So that was, uh, this doesn't really impact anything in terms of how Tennessee's going to look against Iowa. Obviously next season, they're going to have two new safeties with, with tank moving on. And, and certainly they're going to probably have an entire new starting secondary when you look at it. So yeah, Walker, I think he, you made a good point, Ben, and I would agree with it. That he, he kind of fits the mold of some of these other guys that they're good, solid SEC football players. But, you know, if you're Tennessee, it makes a lot of sense to, um, you know, kind of flip the page, turn turn things over to your young guys. And and you've added it at cornerback and you've added it safety through the portal now to boost those situations. And, and now, 
for better or worse, you're going to have to lean on those young guys and trust them to go get the job done. And, um, you know, everybody all season has been wanting to see these young guys and complaining about why they're so loyal to all these veterans. Well, all these veterans are gone now. So everybody that's been complaining about the secondary, you're kind of getting your wish. And, you know, we're going to, it's going to be fascinating to me for, to see how it turns out because um, it's such a, it, it's so much change all at once. And uh, Tennessee, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it plays out for Tennessee at a position where, you know, there's been some inconsistency, and, and certainly that's a place that Tennessee can improve if they want to continue taking steps on defense. Ryan, your thoughts on just where Tennessee's defensive backroom is at? Uh, assuming that Wesley does stay in the portal, I guess technically he could remove his name at some point, but uh, that, that, from my understanding, is not expected at this point. But just uh, your thoughts on where Tennessee's DB room is at after Wesley Walker enters the portal? Yeah, like Patrick said, if you if you wanted fresh blood, you, you got it because uh, Tennessee will have an entirely new starting secondary next year. Um, and yeah, I, I don't expect Wesley Walker back. I'm I'm not I'm not shocked that he's entering the portal. I, I'd continued to hear that recently, but it is I, I just didn't know how it was going to happen. Uh, like Patrick said, there were these questions about whether he could graduate um, some other way. But I, it's my understanding he still has a class to take uh, that he still needs to graduate in the spring semester. So I, I didn't know how that was all going to work. You know, obviously most of these guys in the portal now are looking to enroll somewhere in January. That That's going to be difficult at best for him, you know, unless he can find a way to make that an online class and let him go ahead and move to another school. So anyway, that, that whole situation is complicated. And, and I thought that might force him to, to sort of ride it out through the spring semester and transfer uh, or enter the transfer portal after spring practice, which would have been less desirable for a guy like that uh, who's been a starter in the SEC and obviously will have more options including SEC options by entering in January. I'm sure that might have been a factor. You know, if you want to stay in the SEC, you, you have to enter the portal in this winter window. You can't do that after spring practice. So uh, we'll, it will be interesting to me to see where he ends up and how this all works out timing-wise because I think he is going to have some better options than people might have thought um, just based on the way he played. You know, I think he was a really solid player at, uh, for, for Tennessee this past season. He graded out well a lot of weeks. Uh, you know, just one of those savvy veterans that that – it was in the right place at the right time. Not, not a not a not a top tier athlete at the safety position uh, by SEC standards, but a but a solid athlete and, and probably a little more athletic than Jalen McCullough, and, and made some made some nice plays at times. But just a, a a solid solid starter that they knew they could count on, and had played a lot of football at Georgia Tech before getting to Tennessee. So you knew what you were getting there week to week. And from that standpoint, I'm sure Tennessee would have loved to have him back to make up for the losses of some of the other guys. But because they do have some guys waiting in the wings and they've already gone to the transfer portal to land a couple of players, it, it's it's less of a blow at this point. I, I don't think they were surprised by this move either. So they, they've already started making preparations. And it's a big opportunity this offseason. This makes spring practice really interesting for, you know, obviously Jacoby Thomas has to come in and earn a starting job at, at safety or, or star. And then then you've got the, the, the returning guys like Jordan Thomas and Andre Turrentine. Uh, John Slaughter as a second year player, you know, can any of those guys make a move? Can Boo Carter as a true freshman make a name for himself or, or uh, Edries Farouk, uh, any of those guys? And then corner, obviously a little bit wide open, but it's a huge opportunity for Ricky Gibson, Christian Conyer, Jordan Matthews, those guys to battle for, for what probably will be at least one open starting job with Jermod McCoy, presumably being the, one of the favorites to, to land the other spot. So uh, it's going to be an uh, interesting competitive offseason throughout the secondary, but I, I don't think this is a bad thing overall for Tennessee. Again, you don't want to be completely without experience, 
and they're not. Um, they've, they've got a couple guys now from the portal who do have experience, but it is a less experienced secondary for sure than it than it was the past couple of years. And that's, I'm sure, not not in the in the comfort zone for most coaches. I'm sure they're going to have to uh, you know, go through some 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 bumps in the road early in the season, especially as these guys gain experience. But uh, overall, I think Tennessee's going to be a more talented secondary next season. So I think they'll be okay. You just might see some some early mistakes, you know, you might, you might give up a long touchdown or something early in the season because these guys are going to be learning on the job for the most part. And the bowl game will be really important too, for that matter, for these guys to get some experience going into next season, since they really, aside from Ricky Gibson have not played much on defense at all this season. Ryan on the way out the door, give us a a quick take on on where you feel Tennessee is at in the portal as uh, the, the early signing period comes to an end portal targets and, and, and high school targets if, if there are any at this point. Yeah, so uh, this kind of this first wave of transfer portal guys has has come and gone uh, to a degree. You know, I think there still might be some players out there Tennessee is involved with. You know, one name that's sort of popped up recently is AJ Harris, the big time Georgia defensive back transfer. But that one, I'm a little skeptical that's going to turn into much uh, because you know Auburn uh, has already hosted him on a visit and was very very quickly connected to him as a as a real possibility. And now there's there's even some talk of him maybe still being in play for uh, for return to Georgia. So uh, I'm a little bit cautious about saying people should should look into that one a whole lot from Tennessee's perspective, but there's at least been some talk of a visit from him in early January. So he's a, a known target right now that we'll see where that one goes. And then, uh, you know, they, they've offered some other guys that, that appear to be, you know, off the board. Um, you know, they, they, again, they looked into some other situations like Walter Nolan, like, um, like, you know, they offered Marley cook, the defensive lineman from middle Tennessee, who's already committed to Miami. Um, the other name out there that I guess hasn't made a decision yet is Devon Marshall, the cornerback from Villanova. And I'm not sure with the addition of Jermod McCoy, that Tennessee is you know, quite ready to take uh, a guy like Devon Marshall. And, and we'll see what the, whether they even, you know, really, really go all in on adding a second corner from the portal. I guess with AJ Harris, there's some sort of position versatility or questions about whether he would be a corner or safety at his next stop. Um, so not sure exactly where he would fit into to Tennessee's plans there if they could get him. But they, I, that, again, I think shows they are interested in adding another defensive back for sure. I, I would lean more toward it being a corner, but safety may be a possibility too. Again, just because they've lost so much back there, you know, you, you, you want to see what what the options are and the, the high-level guys are usually going to be out there during this winter period. So the first wave, I think they've kind of sorted through everybody. You know, they're, they're waiting to see more names in the transfer portal, I think, on the offensive line see who else is out there before they add anybody else with Jalen Farmer having committed to Kentucky now uh, earlier this week. And then, uh, you know, I think they'll, they'll certainly be, be scouring the the options at other positions. You know, we'll see maybe after spring practice, you know, I could maybe see in the next couple of weeks too Tennessee looking at other tight end options, but you, you could, you could maybe see Tennessee waiting till after spring practice to assess that situation before considering whether they want to go to the transfer portal again for a, for a tight end that might give them some depth there. But there are there are a few other positions like that that they could still address, and, and especially depending on what happens if anybody else enters the portal after spring practice, that they might need to go back to the portal. But I think you'll see them sort of wait till after the bowl games. The portal doesn't close till January second. You'll still see names continue to trickle in there for a couple of days after that, and there will be some other good names. So I think we'll see where else Tennessee goes. But for now, not a whole lot of names left in the portal, and it's sort of waiting to see beyond you know AJ Harris and maybe Devon Marshall, who else is going to be out there in the coming weeks for them to, to pursue, but there will be more names before, uh, before the portal closes in early January. And then on the high school front, really one name to watch right now 
Dominic McKinley, the five-star Texas A&M defensive line commitment. He's scheduled currently to visit Tennessee uh, the weekend of January 20th. And that that's a, that's obviously a big visit. It gives Tennessee a chance to, to maybe make a move in, in this one. They're, they're playing catch up a little bit with some other teams that have been involved with him for a long time, being kind of the main contenders now. But Tennessee has a foot in the door and, and has a chance. And, and obviously they'll take a big swing in January, trying to get that five-star defensive lineman that they missed out on this summer. And, uh, and that could really give this class a boost on the defensive line. So, uh, and that's another position that I think Tennessee will still look at options in, in the portal as well in the coming, coming days, defensive line. They were interested in Fidel Diggs, the uh, Texas A&M transfer, who's now committed to Syracuse, hoping to host him on a visit that didn't work out. So I think they will look at other defensive line options that can maybe help in replacing Tyler Barron. Um, so not as, not as pressing of a need as it has been in previous years, but I do think a defensive line addition at some point makes sense and, and is and is a good possibility. So definitely still not done in the portal, but the good news for Tennessee is they've already gone out and kind of addressed their most pressing needs in a, in a pretty big way and, and gotten some good players there. So they, they can rest a little easier now, just a couple weeks into this, uh, you know, portal visit season and everything and, and know that they've already gotten a lot of work done and, and they don't have to worry quite as much about some of their most pressing needs. Ryan, how can people gift Goval's 24 seven for Christmas? Yeah, uh, that's uh, definitely something to do for the for the Tennessee fan in your life. It's a great time to to do that as well. Sixty percent off an annual subscription to sign up right now. So great time to join the site and get all this transfer portal coverage, bowl coverage, basketball coverage from Ben, and 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 much much more. Lots to keep track of, and we'll keep it all covered for you on a daily basis at goballs 247com And uh, yeah, definitely a definitely a great time to join the site and get all of that and much more. And uh, and I uh, hope everyone has a has a great holiday season and we'll, I'm sure, have more podcasts in the near future before everybody reports to Orlando uh, here in about five days. But should be a uh, should be a busy couple of weeks still with the transfer portal open and a lot more going on. So hope everyone uh, uh, can stay tuned to GoVols247.com. For Ryan Callahan, Patrick Brown and myself, Ben McKee, we hope everybody has a merry, merry Christmas. There's that button. And now I can say. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want 
that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.